The Detroit Tigers win big in what will probably go down as one of the least watched games of the entire season due to a lot of other fun things happening around the city of Detroit. Let's talk about this game all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, September 8th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter promo code MLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Well, the Detroit Tigers win big. A 10-3 commanding victory over the New York Yankees in the Bronx. A fantastic win. I, I mean, really all around great bullpen uh, solid starting pitching. This was certainly wasn't like May Erod, but it, it was, you know, he was fine. And and obviously the offense got him out to a very, very big lead. Uh, and I mean, pretty early on too, they were up, what, eight after the fourth inning? Or they had scored eight, I should say, after the fourth inning. So uh, we're up five runs going into the fifth. Uh, that's a recipe for success and, and gives you a little bit of uh, boat of confidence when you are on the mound. And that is certainly, I mean, Erod, you know, six innings, four hits, three earned runs, four walks, four strikeouts. Again, certainly not the best version of Erod that we have seen this year. But, uh, I mean, for a, a game in which yesterday you had to go to your bullpen way earlier than you wanted, or I guess two days ago as you're listening to this, than you wanted, now you get to enjoy a game where, okay, Erod, you know, in a closer game, maybe he's going five, right? Maybe he's he's not really, we're not as confident, or he's got a short leash in the sixth inning at least. Uh, and in this game, you really just felt no fear. And you're like, you know what, we need innings out of our starter. Erod can give us that. Let's get him out there, uh, get him through the sixth inning. And then Vest, Miguel Diaz, Trey Winginter, certainly not the A-team out of the bullpen either. So very, very nice and needed victory after completely depleting your bullpen the last two days a scheduled bullpen day and a not scheduled bullpen day on Wednesday and Thursday so or on Tuesday and Wednesday rather uh so very good win very important win vibes are high all right vibes are high around the entire city of Detroit right now um but a a that's why if you're a midnight watcher that's why this this episode is not even close to midnight because uh, the Lions game was on, and we certainly watched all of that and then celebrated as well after uh, a lot of phone calls to friends and family and whatnot. A fun evening for the Detroit Lions, but a very fun evening for the Detroit Tigers as well. So let's get into Erod specifically. Let's break down his performance. Um, again, I just gave you the final line. Really, the command is is so often what we talk about with Ed, right? Like, it's just it's one of those things where when he is on and you can say this about really anybody, but when he is really on, he doesn't he never needs overpowering stuff, right? He never needs a, a 95 plus mile an hour fastball. He, he's going to just pick his spots 
And especially as a lefty, I mean, they showed the stats. I don't think in this game, I think it might've been his last start, but he's been one of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball against left-handed hitters. And so that's obviously a huge weapon as well. He, he, he doesn't need have overpowering stuff and he doesn't need it. Uh, it's just consistently pestering you with pitches on the black and it's all just different variations of fastballs and then a changeup thrown in there. And so it's all tunneled beautifully. And when he's hitting, uh, well, I guess for him, when he's hitting arm side down, almost unhittable, no matter if it's a righty or a lefty, because he will tunnel a four seamer with a changeup, with a cutter, with a sinker, all in unison. And you will have no clue which part of the bat it's going to hit. And it's just weak contact city. And that is what outside of the home run, that is what he mostly gave you in this game. Now the command did get away from him at points. And that's something that we haven't seen too terribly much. Uh, certainly not before the injury. We didn't see that really at all. He was dominant. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Since he's come back from the injury, it's been a little bit more common, but four walks for him is even kind of an anomaly. That That's, you know, this is a guy that at the end of the day, He's going to challenge you. And that's why I, I love watching him pitch. That's why I will always be open to Eduardo Rodriguez or a pitcher like Eduardo Rodriguez being on my baseball team because he is going to challenge you. And sometimes he's going to give up homers and sometimes he's going to have rough outings. But he, he, for the most part, he's not going to beat himself. And in this game, definitely didn't beat himself. Again, a quality start, three runs in six innings, but four walks definitely a little bit out of character there. But yeah, I mean, the, really, the, the only thing that was super noticeable was he didn't throw the sinker or the slider, really. I think those two pitches com combined, he threw six times. So it was kind of a three-pitch outing. I don't know if that was a scouting report thing or if that was more of a, like, just didn't have a feel for those two pitches and realized it pretty early on thing. Um, but whatever it ended up being, whatever, whether it was either of those two things, uh, not, not, upset with the performance we're just at a point now where really every erod star we're looking at and going how does this affect the contract this winter right that's pretty much where we're at uh we, we he's gonna have what three more starts this season four three or four more starts the rest of the way i i, I mean you're yeah you're talking about every single start now like how does this affect it's like you know the people that you know there's that joke where like uh, the people in the replies on Twitter's, no matter what it is, it's like, how does this aff affect LeBron James's legacy, right? Like, even if it's about like cricket or whatever, like that's this, that's kind of like what we're at at this point. Like, how does this affect Erod's contract situation, though? Like, that's kind of or how how does this affect Erod's AAV this winter? Like that that's is kind of where we're at. And I mean, three one eight ERA even after giving up three runs tonight, he certainly had a great year. Uh, he's opting out. The question is, can you still retain him and negotiate a contract with him after he opts out? Because he will. I, I see no reality in which he's opting into this deal. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be a Tiger next year. That just means that the contract terms you currently have him on are in no way, shape, or form going to be the ones that are going to be carried over into next year. You're going to have to give him a raise, and you're probably going to have to add on a year to the end of the deal on top of that or on top of his present deal. So if you do that, then I think we're talking about a situation where Erod is still on this baseball team next year. Um, 
I mean, we can go back and re-talk about the trade thing. Would you have, you know, whose fault is it, et cetera, et cetera. Fact of the matter is we're a month away from his free agency being a reality, and we need to determine the best plan of attack for the Detroit Tigers. And if I, – I think – I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, and we'll go more in depth on it in, in the winter. But I think there is a legitimate conversation around, like, if he wants – on too high, I guess is the way to phrase it. If he wants uh, a certain price, I think there is a price where it just becomes, you know what? We're not going to double down on our mistake. We're not going to not trade you and overpay you. And you're just going to have to count your losses and let them walk, even though you couldn't trade them, which is a huge blunder and a huge black spot on this season. And we'll talk about at the end of the year, we'll, we'll get in a whole discussion about, I didn't expect to talk about all this. We'll get into a whole discussion at the end of the season about what went right for the team this year, what went wrong. One of the biggest failures of this entire season is the trade deadline and specifically at Eduardo Rodriguez's non-trade at the trade deadline. Again, not saying there's not a price that I think is fair. I'm not saying you just have to let him walk either. But I think that there is a certain price you hit where that discussion becomes a, a very real possibility. We'll talk about that more in the winter. Back to the matter at hand, though. This game, fine. Fine outing. Not great. Not terrible. We'll take it on to the next. Let's get to the bullpen. Then we'll get into the offense, which exploded for 10 runs in this ball game. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird dogs are the best. I just wore mine yesterday. Uh, I now have four different, well, I have three pairs of shorts and one pair of pants from bird dogs. My collection keeps growing because I wear them all the time. They are the best. Uh, They are comfortable. They are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh. They give you your leg a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemons, but they fit way better and they're more versatile. You can wear them anywhere. I wear my, have more worn mine like to the lake. I've worn them even just straight up swimming. I wear them golfing. They are my favorite pair of golf shorts. Uh, I wear them to like grad parties, like outdoor events, like they they and even just lounging around the house. They're comfortable. They fit great. I cannot say enough good things about this product. Genuinely, they stretch so they fit well. Uh, without having to sacrifice movement, uh, and the list goes on and on. They are the best in the business for a reason. Uh, so go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a chance at a free bird dogs water bottle with not a chance. I don't know where I got chance from for a free water water bottle from bird dogs with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. There is no chance. The chance is 100%. You will be getting that water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow. No, we won't be back tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday, recapping a series against the Chicago White Sox. We'll preview that at the end of the show. So uh, let's get to the bullpen really quickly. Will Vest, one inning, perfect ball, two strikeouts. I don't know what adjustment he made, uh, but this dude went from like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, me being like, he's not going to be on this team next year. He's just been so ineffective since coming back from injury to me being like, okay, 
at worst, he's going to have a chance to prove himself in spring training and earn a spot back. Like just complete 180. I think, you know, last offseason we did kind of like, a oh, you know, percent chance of this person going to be on the team next year type of conversation for everybody on the 40 man. And I think his has maybe changed the most the last two weeks, <laughs> which, uh, if you know, you want to talk about magnitude of September baseball. I say it all the time and, and like maybe I'm just like a, a, a nerd who is just obsessed with this beautiful game and this and this team and this sport. But they, they these guys aren't playing for nothing. There's still a lot on the table here in September. And I think Will Vest is a prime example of that. Um, finish up the bullpen. I've completely lost my train of thought there. Miguel Diaz, one inning, one hit, uh, one, one inning, one hit, one walk, one strikeout. Goodness, a lot of ones there, uh, but no runs given up. Still has a zero ERA, still... I mean, again, like I, I said it a few times now, but if you date back to the beginning of spring training, he has not given up a run at the major league level this entire calendar year. Um, and yeah, it, it shows he's got good stuff. I still, I, I worry about the, I feel like I've said a lot about why I like him and not about my hesitations with him yet since being called up. I love the change up splitter thing he's got going on. It's disgusting. It's nasty. It's 90 miles an hour. It has incredible movement. It gets ground balls and swings and misses all good stuff. I do worry about the major league fastball. Something that we've talked about with quite a few guys in this bullpen, uh, just on this pitching staff in general, really. Um, so that's kind of, you know, if he can get, I don't know if it's a spin thing or, it, you know, his command is never going to be pinpoint, but it's never going to be awful. That's not really a talking point with him. Uh, it's, it's more of just like, I, I don't know how effective a one inning reliever can be without a plus fastball. Like that just seems to be kind of like a prerequisite for it. Um, but again, so far he's been great and I really like Miguel Diaz and again, have since February. So I'm glad to see him doing well with this opportunity. And then Trey Wingenter closes the door. One inning, one hit, no runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of sour on Wingenter. I, I don't know what's going to happen with him this winter. He just missed so much time due to injury. Uh, and when he has, when he was healthy before the injury in April, he like wasn't that great. So I'm glad that he's getting a look now. That's what September is for. Uh, I would have called him up too. I I, I I support him being here, but. Um, it's just a, I don't know, long term. Man, we really are in September, eh? There, there's a point in the season every year that I do this. You know, there's a point in the season where I stop talking about how all of these performances affect the season at hand, and I start talking about how all of these performances affect the next season. And and we're here. I j just subconsciously just realized, you know, thought back and I've done that with literally every single person we've talked about so far. I don't think that's going to stop either when we switch to the offense. So we really are toward the end of this year that that kind of brings a tear to my eye. But um, yeah, it will, I'll be interested in seeing how they handle Wigginter. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a priority, but I also think that they want more of a look at him than the, you know, the 20 innings or whatever that he's given the team this year. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's get to the offense, though. Let's get to the offense. I want to start with the lineup. If you would have told me that this lineup would have put up a 10 spot on the Yankees, I would have laughed in your face before the ball game. I mean, and there was clearly a method to the madness, right? I mean, it worked, A. But B, um, I mean, this was a, outside of Kerry Carpenter, a righty heavy lineup. This was all righties and Kerry Carpenter against uh, Rodon in this one. So clearly there was a game plan and they wanted to execute it. And even Carpenter, 
you know, we'll, we'll take our strides, right? Like we'll, we'll, we'll take baby steps here. Back in, in May and June, this dude wasn't even playing against lefties. Now he's batting six against lefties. We'll, we'll take our, you know, moral victories where we can get him. He'll get up there eventually. And objectively, he, he is not as good of a hitter uh, this season against lefties as, as he is against righties. But, um, you know, this lineup really executed and they came through. And like Rodon is just, I mean, that's really unfortunate. Because this dude was a blast to watch when he's been healthy the last couple of years. And this season has just been not only a train wreck, obviously, for the New York Yankees, but a, just an absolute disaster for Carlos Rodon. And I feel really bad for the dude. Um, I mean, a lot of years left on that deal. We'll see if he can maybe salvage something. Uh, but the odds of him living up to that, are, I think, are pretty slim at this point. Uh, just injury riddled season. And when he has been on the field, has not been effective. ERA was like five and a half going into this baseball game. Uh, and we talked about that yesterday. We didn't say winnable. Then they did, in fact, win big. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, just really unfortunate situation for him and for the Yankees. I hope that he can turn it around for his sake. Uh, and the Tigers took advantage. And good for them, man. Like, we, for as much as I complain about. I guess I could stop the sentence there for a lot of people, but as, as long as, or as, as much as I complain of, about the fact that everybody's get right game is against the Tigers and whatnot, they didn't in this one. And it's important for me in this position to give credit where it is due and not just completely gloss over that, right? All season, for the last two years, really, dating back to the beginning of last year, this team has just constantly... If somebody's pitching and they're a pitcher, just put them up against the Tigers and you know what? They'll have a good day at the office and get their feet back under them and, and you know, ha have their get right game and build some mo momentum toward their next start. And, and to to their credit, they slapped Rodon all over the yard and that's good. And we will gladly take it. We'll gladly take it. Matt Veerling had a great game. In this one with four hits a day after, I, I just kind of dug into him a little bit. So good on him. That's how baseball works. Andy Abanez, solid day. I, there's, you know, I, I don't think Andy Abanez is a long-term piece to this team. I, I would say right now, Andy Abanez probably isn't even on this baseball team next year. But there is a discussion about how productive he has been. He hasn't set the world on fire. I still think his OPS is below league average. Like, he, you know, he hasn't been some crazy huge, incredible fine that's going to be a long-term piece to this team. But he, he does, uh, does deserve credit for this season. I mean, this is a, a dude that, again, was just kind of a, a – was he a minor league signing or a waiver claim? I don't even remember. Uh, nobody expected anything from him. And he has come through, and, and he's given the Tigers some good moments and some good – I'm not going to say good ABs because he kind of just hacks at everything. But he's put the bat on the ball and made stuff happen. And so good on him. Uh, what else? Uh, Miggy, rough day. Uh, whatever. We'll move on. You know, he's got, we had a month left of Miggy. We're going to enjoy it when we can carry Carpenter, two more hits. I mean, 293 average 880 OPS for carry Carpenter. Truly remarkable. Uh, Javi Baez 0 for four with three strikeouts in a game in which the Tigers scored 10 runs. So there you go. Uh, Tyler Nevin with an RBI single good on him. I know I've kind of been hard on him as well. Pretty, probably just like randomly and unfairly. I never meant to be, but I can understand how it came off that way. Regardless, happy for him uh, to get the hit there. And then Andre Lipsius, two knocks in this ballgame. Good to see. Uh, again, like not a lot of hard contact. That's kind of my biggest concern with him hitting at the major league level is just 
really that's it. I, I don't, I, I'm not afraid of the approach. Uh, I, I certainly don't fear the walks that they'll come. I, I'm not afraid of him ever striking out a lot. I just fear about solid contact. And, and you know, even in like one of his hits was just a complete like blooper to, to right field. Not a lot of hard contact there. But um, if he can go out there and just the remainder of this season, just prove that he can hit the ball hard every once in a while, I think that would go a long way. But solid defensive game at third as well. I know he had the one play where the ball kind of hit the heel of his glove and and I don't think he was able to get the guy running down the first baseline at time, but made a couple of nice plays as well. And he'll be a sound defender. He'll, he'll never be, you know, like a like a gold glove candidate over there or anything. He'll never be a huge plus, you know, like five seven OAA type of guy over there at third. But um, I I think he could be a, a solid, you know, zero plus one defender at a few different positions. So uh, we'll continue to. And I'm just glad he played in a dang game. I'm glad he started. Goodness gravy, keep starting him. I don't need to see Matt Veerling at third with Andre Lipsius on this roster. Okay, cool. Let's move on and get to Spencer Torkelson, and then we'll end the show. Talking about uh, the Lions for just a bit. Of, you know, Matt Derry does lockdown lines. We're not going to steal any of his thunder. Uh, but just talk about what a cool night it was for the city of Detroit. And then we will talk uh, preview the Chicago White Sox at the very end. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season. If you're a Lions fan, I know you're ready for the NFL season, baby. Uh, with some incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Uh, and I mean that today. I mean that every day, sincerely. I, I very, very sincerely. Very, very cool that I get to do this. And, and I certainly don't take it for granted. Today of all days, I mean it a little bit more just because I know that this is like 30th on the list of sports stories within the city of Detroit, right? I know that my views and, and my my numbers on this episode are probably going to take a hit just given the night that was Thursday, September 7th for uh, in the sports world for this this beautiful, beautiful city. So I, I'm aware of that. So if you're still tuning into Locked On Tigers the day after a one of the biggest Lions wins of recent memory, you're you're a dog. All right. And I and I greatly, greatly appreciate you sincerely. So let's keep the ball rolling. Um offensively, yeah. I mean they again like Rodon it's like he he had overpowering stuff for a while when, when he was healthy, right? That was one of the big things. And but just in this game, like everything was flat, man. Like even it, you know, the velocity is the velocity, whatever. If it goes, it goes. But like people are able to overcome that. They're, you know, Verlander has pitched well into his forties. He doesn't throw a hundred in the seventh anymore. Like it's just he, everything was flat. Nothing like all the secondary stuff, man. Just not a lot of movement. Or and when it did, it was way out of the strike zone. Just. Really unfortunate. And again, the Tigers took advantage. So good on them. That, that's what uh, good teams do is they take advantage of, of poor pitching. So um, Spencer Zorgelson, obviously the big story offensively in this game, goes two for four with four RBIs, two home runs, and a walk. 
first home run was a short porch the opposite way doesn't hit too many home runs the opposite way even though it is a short porch we'll gladly take it the other one was just a rope down the left field line that hooked fair um and then the walk in this game shouldn't be taken lightly either got on base three times two of them home runs uh he's gonna hit 30 homers and if you're a listener of locked on red wings and locked on tigers you this is very funny because uh, in today's episode of Locked On Red Wings, I literally said I don't think Torque is going to get to 30. I think he's going to hit like 28 or 29, I think I said. Um, and then that was before we recorded this before the Tigers game. He's at 27 with, with you know, three and a half weeks left. He's going to hit 30. And that's awesome. We haven't had a 30 home run hitter, I think, since Miggy last did it. 2016. 2014 it's been a while it's been a while uh it certainly hasn't happened since 2017 because 2017 is the last time we had any, we had anybody get even close and that was justin upton with 28 and nick castellanos with 26 so it's it's certainly been before 2017 at least um and and that that's that's gonna be cool that's gonna be cool so i'm not trying to jinx anything you know we, we know torkelson has has been, uh, you know, had had the slumps have happened. Uh, he has had the, uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Goodness, I keep trying to start this sentence and I can't think of the word. He's had the ability. No, he's had the tendency. Goodness, gravy. What an easy word to just completely fumble. So the tendency to slump so far this season. So hopefully that doesn't happen the remainder of the year. But if he just goes into October and goes into the offseason on a hot streak, I think that would go a long way. This dude's got a 771 OPS now, well above league average. Going to flirt with, at worst, going to flirt with 30 homers. Um, and he's going to lead the team in RBIs as well. That's going to be awesome. So good on him. We'll talk way more in depth about like where he stands going into next year, this offseason. But, I mean, objectively, no matter who you are, how big of a hater or a believer you are in him, a big step forward has been taken from last year, and that's exciting. Um, it's good on him. Good on him. Let's talk about the Lions really quickly. Just an awesome game. And like, uh, you know, for the breakdown of the game itself, obviously, again, Matt Derry locked on Lions does a fantastic job. Just, I, I just want to talk about the feeling, you know, uh, this team, I know Castellani said something similar about like, we're tired of talking about the future. We want to talk about right now, man. And I, I earn for the day that that is a, a Tigers conversation as well. And it was such a fun night. It was a stressful night. I thought I was going to pass out a couple of times. I, I was stressed. Okay. I need to take a shower before I go to bed. That's how stressed out I am. Um, but I, I mean, it's it's one o'clock in the morning now. I, this episode probably won't be up until like 1.15, 1.30. And I, there was not a doubt in my mind I was going to wait and record after the Lions game ended. Uh, I wasn't going to miss that. And just the feel around this city when, and again, we're talking about the Lions because they had a big win, but when any of these teams are good, is just so different. And it's so sad, genuinely sad, that this team in, in this team, this city has gone so many years without that feeling. We talk about the 2021 Detroit Tigers like they were the Miracle Mets, or like they were the 06 Tigers. They were under 500, and they were like the glimmer of hope in the city. They were like, oh, look, we have a winner. They went won 77 games. 
And they were like the fun, exciting team. And like crowds were the biggest they had been in like four years. And and just having that, it, it, it's so different. I love this city more than anything. Like it, it's just, it's so different. And it's so awesome. And it truly is any of them, you know? Like the Lions have the history of just being always awful. And like that carries a lot, like a a completely even different weight than the other three. But like, like how quickly we forget how much different this city feels when the Tigers are good. Or like, do you remember the going to work Pistons and how effing awesome the city was when the Detroit Pistons were a bunch of dogs? I mean, the Red Wings, like literally hockey town, like goes without saying, right? Every year come playoff time, it, it's hockey town, baby. It's time. The Wings are in the playoffs. The sun rises every morning. Guarantees in life, right? Like, it's just, it's so different. And the fact that that we have one of those, I, I just, I, I know I'm locked on Tigers and, and locked on Red Wings and whatnot. And and again, I, I'm not trying to break down the game or anything on here, but just this, this city is everything to, to me. And, and these teams are, are so much and, and they, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that a lot of people will be happy tonight and, and this weekend. And if there's any city in the world that I think deserves it, it's this one. So um, shout out the Detroit Lions. As CJ Gardner-Johnson said, it's not the same. And that's awesome. And I, and, I, and I hope more than anything in this world that we can have a similar conversation about the Detroit Tigers very, very soon. Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox this weekend. Uh, look, I, I said it earlier this week. You are a win away. If you win one of these three baseball games, you should probably win two. You should probably sweep them again, but you should probably, you know, this one's, you know, I don't know, a little bit different. You're at home. That's for some reason a disadvantage for this weird, I almost just cussed <laughs> this weird A team, right? But it, it, you should probably win two. That should be your expectation. Um, but if you even win one, you have guaranteed a season series victory against every single American League Central opponent. That's a step in the right direction. I don't care how bad the AL Central is. I don't care how bad the Tigers are against the AL East. I don't care how bad their record is is against every other team that's not in the AL Central. I don't care. That is objectively a good thing and a step in the right direction. You play the AL Central more than anybody else. We can't control how bad everybody else is. All right. You beat the teams you play the most. You beat your division rivals. That is one of the first steps. It's one of the founding steps. Founding? One of the foundational steps in making the postseason is you take care of business against your division rivals. Even in this nerfed schedule where you don't play them as much, you still play them more than anybody else. And I think that that would be an awesome title to take into 2024. Are we as good as the American League East? No. We need to make some moves this winter to to even come close to that conversation. Are we a playoff team this year? Certainly not. We're going to finish t- probably around 10 games, even maybe even worse under 500. But 
if you can take in the next year, we beat the American League Central. That's something to hang your hat on. And it starts by at least taking one of three this weekend. Um, I believe you place Clevenger again. It's Clevenger Olsen again on Friday. That worked out well last time. Then you have a TBD for the White Sox against Tarek Skubal on Saturday. And then you have a TBD for the Tigers uh, against Jesse Schultens on Sunday for the White Sox, who's 1-7 on this season. Um, and it looks like the TBD game will – there's a chance that it will probably be some combination of like Fiedo and Wentz eating a lot of innings, uh, you know, with the Matt Manning miss. In, oh, and by the way, Matt Manning put on the IL officially, and Trey Winginter was the reason he pitched tonight. He was the corresponding move. Okay, let's get you out of here. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back on Monday recapping, hopefully, a series victory against a worse opponent in the Chicago White Sox. All right, peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I will catch you all on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.